0: Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September twenty second, two 2024.
1: Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I also serve as your Executive Director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. In the studio today, Kevin Farrell, our producer and spiritual advisor. And today, my special guest is Randy Bell. Welcome, Randy. Well, Malcolm, well, welcome uh, to the greatest show uh, that, that you could put on, I'm sure. it's uh, You've been doing for I don't know how many years now. I've been doing this almost 15 years. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, we, we really have a good time with this uh, so this is an opportunity to, to put you on the other side of the microphone. Yeah, I just I just finished up
0: two interviews uh, in my place of work coming over here, and I'm thinking now I'm on the, on the other
1: side of the mic, so to speak. Well, from time to time you interview me, so I thought it might be yeah. fun to interview I think you're you. getting
0: back at me for that last <laughs> one. That's what it was. Uh,
1: so your day job is your news director at the iHeartRadio Jackson Network, and uh, you're also the program director at WJDX.
0: A.M., is that right? Yeah, 620, the uh, second oldest radio station in Mississippi on the year 1929. Wow. In fact, uh, our a copywriter back in the day, uh, somebody you might remember, Eudora Welty. Really? Yeah, she wrote copy. Wow. Uh,
1: that's historic. So
0: they say. That was a little before my time. But, so, uh, so
1: that's our tie into the arts. So yeah, so there done. you go. We're <laughs> good. See you later. Play some music. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you got started in the radio biz uh, way back in the in the '60s, in the Stone, and yeah, <laughs> the stone other age. age. Yeah. So I'm calling this show, Kevin, uh, the Art and Evolution of Radio, with special guest Randy Bell. So you're not from Mississippi originally, right? Um, not quite.
0: About sixty mile, about thirty miles over the state line, northwest Alabama. But I've lived most of my life in Mississippi. Yeah. Where'd you go to college and such? MSU. Yeah. Okay. So you
1: went you're, you're Yeah, in,
0: my, my brother went there on a baseball scholarship back in the 60s, and mm-hmm. I got got familiar with the campus, so it just seemed a natural place
1: to go. And it wasn't far from where I lived, so. I'm also a USM graduate. Uh, I think I'm class of 78. It took me eight years to finish college. <laughs> what year did you graduate? 74. 74. That's the year I arrived there. Yeah. So your senior year, I was just showing up on campus— uh, for the first time. And I got a job washing dishes at the uh, EJ's restaurant uh, at the Ramada Inn mm-hmm. out on the Hill uh, in 1974. So when did you get, uh, what What did you study in college? Well, that's interesting. Uh, I thought when I went to
0: college, I wanted to focus on the uh, technical side of the business. So I, I majored in electrical engineering hmm. for one semester. Yeah. And realized, you know, my attention probably would be better uh, directed towards something else and and more on the entertainment side so I shifted into communications and that's where the, that's the uh, degree was in communications but uh, I was st- I was already working in radio before I got to college I started in high school mm-hmm. so uh, I kind of already knew what I wanted to do uh, at least in general general terms yeah and um, I was, you know I was working in one of the local stations there, um, and working to 11 o'clock at night. It just got to be a little hard to get up for those eight o'clock double E labs. So, um,
1: now you worked in radio before Hattiesburg, or when you got to Hattiesburg? No,
0: we're talking Startwell here. Oh, Miss- you're Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got the. I think we got the.
1: Uh, the... I also went
0: there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I was at. Mississippi. How about Ole Miss? Were you there too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: Mississippi <laughs> State in 1971. Ole Miss 73, and U.S.M. In okay. Well, you got them all covered so, there. So so much for my story. Yeah. So so you, uh, your first gig in radio was in Starkville? No, actually, it was in my hometown. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: I was in uh, I get I think 10th grade, and uh, we had a. A program, you know, a work-study kind of program where uh, kids would go work half a day and go to school half a day and learn a trade. And the local radio station manager needed some part-time help mm-hmm. and came around to the school and said, you know, who wants to be on the radio? And it sounded like a good idea to me, uh, although I had a taste of it before because my who became my uncle. He wasn't my uncle at the time. He was a boyfriend dating my aunt, mm-hmm. and he was working in a radio station in Columbus, and we went to visit him one night, and uh, it, it seemed interesting what he was doing there, but huh. it kind of was sort of a, a seed or, you know, and then when this guy came around looking for somebody uh, to work in his radio station, I thought it was, would be interesting, so I went out to the station and applied along with my best friend, and um they wound up hiring both of us and we wound up alternating sunday afternoons on the radio when he was on the air i'd be there just hanging around and when i was on the air he would be there and that's the way it started and you know wound up at another little station in alabama and um they were playing top 40 music and that that was what i was into and loving it and they switched to country music and it was the you know the old country music you know
1: um
0: didn't didn't really like that and so Wound up—it uh, was about time to go to college, and I wound up getting a job. Uh, my, my uncle, who, who I talked about mm-hmm. before, he, he got me a job in Starkville while I was in school there. And what station was that? Uh, it was Joe Phillips Station, WSSO, in Starkville. SSO, Starkville, State, Octibaha Counties. The and you were names. DJ. I was a DJ, yeah. And then there was an FM station there too, and we worked on. Um, I worked on both. And then there was actually a good little uh, rock and roll station in Startwell back in the day, WKOR. Wow. And wound up over there, and I was there until I came here to Jackson back in 1975.
1: Now, did the uh, did the university have a station back then, Mississippi State?
0: They uh, had had one, and for lack of interest in the broadcasting uh, among the broadcasting students, communication students, I think they had signed it off. Oh. They just couldn't get enough kids to work and keep it on the air. That was back in the day when you had to have live people,
1: right. you know, doing the right. show. You, no automation. You,
0: no automation then. So uh, it was no. There was not a not a laboratory for communications which uh, for you know would make would make it difficult if not if I hadn't been ac- actually working in the business you know with, at one of the commercial stations in town so hmm. I was learning you know more on the job really than I guess I was in that curriculum but uh, it was it was good to get both you know to kind of uh, flesh out uh, the, the the on the uh, on the air
1: experiences but the station at is going strong now on campus, right? Yes, it, they have. It's a, quite
0: successful. Yes, they they have had for a number of years. Have mm-hmm. it was about the time I graduate. I think they put it back on the on the air, or something right. like that. So,
1: so you you come to Jackson then in uh, nineteen seventy five. Yep, seventy
0: five. Uh, the the station uh, six twenty uh, WJDX was looking for. Uh, well, I applied as either. A DJ, which I was doing, mm-hmm. or I'd just gotten into doing some news in Startville uh, on a part-time basis. I would do uh, you know, a, a DJ gig in the morning, and then I would come back, I work a split shift, and, and do the afternoon news for the afternoon guy. I'd be okay. his news guy, and I, I got into it. You know, I was actually covering news. I wasn't just ripping and reading copy. I was actually going to the board of alderman meeting and then and covering local events. Not a lot of, not a lot was happening back those days in Starwood so there wasn't a whole lot of big stories to cover but you know I, I got interested in it so I applied to Jackson as both either you know a DJ or a news position turns out they only had an opening for news and that's that's why how I wound up in that particular job
1: do you remember your first news report
0: uh, I I've Funny enough, the station in my hometown in Alabama—that's Vernon, Alabama—if you know where that is. Vernon, okay. Um, hometown of Dan Penn, you know Dan. Yeah, Penn? Dan uh, Penn, yeah, songwriter. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely, he's one of the legends. Right.
0: Um, in any event, uh, when I when I went to that radio station, the very first station to uh, try out for a job, the first thing they did is hand me a piece of AP wire copy, right? And just see if you could read, right? You know, basically was the idea. So I guess that would technically be my first story. The first one I remember actually working in Starkville was there were there were some human remains that were found uh, in, in a neighborhood, and there was you know some concern that it was some uh, homicide. It turned out to be just an unmarked grave, somehow oh, okay. you know from the old days. So nothing there, but just getting out into that kind of a um, investigation was was interesting, you know, and uh, it kind of. Piqued my interest in you know what you know what what a career in news might be. Were you there when Johnny Cash got arrested for picking flowers? Uh, I don't think so. Can't remember what year yeah, that was, was. I think
1: maybe early seventies. Okay, but you weren't no, there. No, no, no. that would have been a good story to cover, though. Yeah. You did cover another legendary rock and roll story, the Leonard Skinner crash. Absolutely, yeah. Fast forward a number yeah, of years. Yeah, not
0: too many though. I was. Uh, I remember I was. Um, I was playing church league basketball in Jackson, and uh, I got a call. Um, that there had been a big plane crash, and they thought initially it was a military plane because I think it was a DC three. It was, yeah. It was and an uh, there was uh, some concern; it was some kind of military cr- uh, crash. And then we found out, you know, it was the uh, Skinnerd band. And uh, yeah, that was that was a big story uh, covering that. And of course, it was it was a local story too because the injured came here to UMC mm-hmm. uh, for treatment. And we, we had the opportunity, once they had recovered to a certain point, to, uh, to talk to a couple of the, the band members or members uh, who survived the crash. and uh, So it was, uh, and I have done a sort of a, a retrospective on that, using uh, some, some Skinner music with some of the old sound bites from mm-hmm. the uh, 70s. And I was telling you that uh, there is actually a, a, a real well-done documentary on the uh, on the Skinner uh, experience, not only the crash, although that's how it starts out is with the crash, but he goes back and does the whole history of the band called uh, If I Leave Here Tomorrow. It's a Showtime documentary. Okay. And if you if you pay attention, I'm actually on there three times. My voice is uh, from those news reports back in the 70s.
1: When you were at ZZQ, right? Yes, it, it, absolutely. Okay. Now, we, we,
0: have the, you, we have two stations. When I, when I came here, I, I was working not only for the AM station, 620, uh, which was a rock and roll station back in those days, and then WZZQ was an album rock station. Uh-huh. And I did news on both stations. Well, well, different kind of news because you had a different kind of audience. Yeah. So you would take the stories and just tweak them a little bit for yeah, whether our, it was AM, album rock, or FM? I, uh, the demographic was different, certainly. You uh-huh. know, So you do more... Young-oriented stories on ZZQ, and you
1: know, rock and roll-oriented stories. So, what would you do? Like, change your voice inflection, or just add some colorful words? How would you make the new story different for the different audiences?
0: Um, just different content, you know, different uh, style, mm-hmm. a little more ca- uh, casual approach, conversation, I guess, on the uh, on the FM than you would on the AM, which was more a lot tr- more.
1: Man, the Skinner band <laughs> went down the day, man. More like that? Not quite. No. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Okay. All right, so uh you come here in uh 75, you're looking for either a DJ job or a news job, you end up landing a news job. Right. Right. And uh, we had like a a new staff in those days, like about um I
0: think we had five people. Uh, we they had had seven people at one point, a seven-person damn. news staff. And did news around the clock on the AM. Uh every hour there was a newscast all the way you know, twenty-four hours. So, so you do it live. It was, yeah. Back in those days, it
1: was all live. You know, so you would there would be a news every hour. You come in. Well, right? not
0: you, not me personally, but, but somebody. Somebody, somebody staff, would be. Uh, I think maybe the overnight DJ did his own news from maybe midnight to five a.m. That was the only uh, time period where we didn't actually have a
1: news person per mm-hmm. se on the air. And nowadays. You might have a live show in the morning, and maybe another. Yeah, there's
0: not a lot of live people on the radio anymore. A lot of it's just us. Uh, You know, it's well, it's a lot of syndicated programming, a lot of pre-recorded programming. Uh-huh. I mean, it sounds live, but it's not. But uh, that's uh, the nature of the beast these days.
1: But you still do, yes. Yeah. You, you do several things. You, you do. Uh... An Information show you were telling me about you recorded before you literally came here. Today. Yeah,
0: um, a public affairs show, um, you know, a 30 minute um, discussion of some topic. We talked uh, emergency management and uh, homeland security on a couple of shows today, but all kind of topics. Yeah, I do that for that, runs on all the stations that we have in here in Jackson.
1: All right, we're going to take a break from our conversation with Mr. Radio, Randy Bell, who is the news director at uh, the iHeart Radio stations here in Jackson and also across the greater network, right?
0: Yeah, I also provide news to our other company stations in Mississippi, in Hattiesburg, Biloxi, Tupelo, and also in uh, Mobile, Alabama. I'm actually part of a network news hub out of Birmingham.
1: Hi, I'm Malcolm White. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. For access to more conversations with creative Mississippians, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host on this Sunday afternoon. I hope everyone is enjoying uh, the winter time in the glorious state of Mississippi. My guest today is Mr. Radio, Randy Bell. Welcome back, Randy. All right. You know, you're one of those people, much like Kevin Farrell, who, when I'm in your presence and someone walks into a room and you're introduced, they'll look at you, they'll listen to you talk, and they'll say, I know that voice. <laughs> with me, it's, I know that face. Anybody would recognize that face. But with you and Kevin, it's the voice. So you grew up in Vernon, Alabama. That's right. Uh, home of Dan Penn. Yep. And uh, we talked a little bit about Dan. So what was the music... Uh, in the ethos when you were when you were growing up, you know it was all um, it was all
0: R and B oriented out of uh, out of Memphis Muscle Shoals the uh, Stax label. Um, that's what was on the local jukeboxes: Percy Sledge, Sam and Dave, those kind, uh, Eddie Floyd. You know that's that's the um, the songs I remember, and, and you mentioned Dan Penn. He he wrote some songs for Percy Sledge, the Box Tops in the '60s, and you uh-huh. know he had a lot of st- a string of hits like that. But you know that's that's kind of what I grew up listening to, and uh, in, in terms of listening to the radio uh, as a kid. Uh, it was, you know, the station out of Chicago, WLS. Oh, man. That's what we listened to. Mostly you know.
1: at night for me. Night
0: when when it, uh, I mean, when the signal didn't fade out. You know, you're right. so far away. You couldn't get it during the day, obviously. It was being an AM station. Do you remember any of the DJ's names from oh, WLS? Yeah. Uh, Dick Biondi yep. back in—he yep. was probably, l- l- before I really started listening heavily, but uh, Larry Lujak. Yeah, I remember Larry Lujak. Uh, Chris Eric Stevens. Yep. yep. Um, a lot of guys— uh, and uh, some of them, was, I think Chris Eric Stevens still does voice work, I believe. Huh. I, I guess, maybe, maybe it's his son. I don't know. It's the same name, though.
1: Wasn't there a station in Nashville, too, that we LAC? L-A-C? W-L-A-C, yeah, Nashville, uh, Tennessee. Um,
0: and there was, a, they actually, if you had a radio that was good enough, you could pick up, uh, there was uh, another station out of Chicago. But during the day, you know, you were kind of left out to dry. There wasn't a lot of uh, cool radio to listen mm-hmm. to. In, in my part of the country, there was a station out of Birmingham. W. V. O. K. It was a. The Shower of Stars. The sh- yes. The Cavalcade I've, of Stars. Yeah. Shower. No, it was Shower of <laughs> Stars. Shower You're right. Star, OK. They put on a I think twice a year they would bring in bands. And it seemed like Paul Revere and the Raiders were always right. in, the, in the group they brought in. They were re- really keen on Paul Revere. Um,
1: <laughs> well, Paul Revere was big stuff back then.
0: But yeah, that, that was the station because they were a 50,000 watt daytime A.M. station. They They boomed in, you know, even though we were about, I guess, 90 miles away. They boomed in with a nice signal. But if you had, again, a better radio, you could pick up a a station out of Birmingham, WSGN, and it was... um what they called yeah. back a, a Drake Chenault station consulted, and they all kind of sounded the same. They all had the same jingles that sounded like WJDX in Jackson was one of those stations. Uh-huh. It was one out of Memphis. WHBQ. Oh yeah. So of you uh, that, that had, the DJs were you know uh, more hip you might say than mm-hmm. the ones on the on the other station. So but still they were in Birmingham, and here I'm 90 miles away. And there was a station that came on in Starkville. In uh, 1968, I believe, uh, WKOR, and they came on as an AM station, uh, as a uh, rock and roll station huh. in Starwell you know, and that's all they were playing. And that was, um, had some great, um, had some great radio folks who wound up in Jackson over the years, too. Uh, so um, there was always sort of that pipeline between Jackson and Starwell That's kind of how I got probably hmm. That's, down that's how you arrived yeah, I think here. so, yeah.
1: Uh, did you ever attend any of those Shower of Stars concerts?
0: No, I never did. Um, you know, uh, I, I guess they never had the acts that really appealed to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was—but uh, it, I know they had great turnouts and—,
1: and yep. uh, We used to drive over from Boonville where I was you? in high school. Yeah and drive over to Birmingham and get a hotel room Mm. and and go to the auditorium, it was an old auditorium. Downtown, yeah. And uh, listen to bands that we were hearing on the radio would ordinarily never have an opportunity to hear. We would go to Memphis or Birmingham or to New Orleans, you know, to, to hear music. So, uh, during some of your time, I guess, at ZZQ, JDX, you work with Bill Ellison, uh, a fixture here at uh, MPB Think Radio. Bill
0: and I have been friends for a long time, Uh, worked together. He was one of my news guys. When I became news director, he was one of the the, uh, staff there and did a great job. Went on to Memphis, worked up there in radio, and then got into TV and... He's, he's done a lot of things and
1: Bill's a great guy. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about WZZQ because it's sort of a, an iconic um, uh, time in the history of Jackson culturally. It was a, a real interesting time when we had this very progressive album rock radio station. You were there. Yeah. And, and as I
0: recall, it, it, was, um, it was successful from a ratings point of view, but not so much from a commercial point of view right. because it was difficult pitching that format and that audience to banks and sure. you know institutional type advertisers yeah you could get the re- record stores on and uh, <laughs> bebop was always bebop an, was an advertiser a, yeah they were well it it helped that Wayne uh, Wayne Harrison was, uh, was there too need? yeah right, right, right. but uh, yeah it it, uh, it was and that's probably when we as long as we were owned by Lamar Life Insurance Company mm-hmm. uh, it was okay but then once we got you know with uh, a larger Chain. Then they started looking for the bottom line. I think that's why it switched over to country music. I think in 1981.
1: And which a lot of people don't know that ZZQ is now Miss 103. Yeah, and, absolutely. And that would seem drastic to some, but uh, it's yeah, part no. There part was uh, there was
0: a, a bit of an uproar when that format I change was well. made. Yeah, I remember, remember some unflattering bumper stickers that were posted around town. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, uh, it kind of caught on there at the, at the wave of the country music rise. And, and so that, uh, that format change eventually paid off, at least, uh, you know, from a
1: commercial point of view. So a lot has changed in radio. You know, I I think of this show as the art and evolution of radio, this particular broadcast with Randy Bell. A lot has changed in radio, um, though you and I are currently, as we speak, are on the radio. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's gone away, but it has certainly evolved. And one way which it's evolved uh, are through these mergers, which you just sort of touched on uh, when Lamar Life sold to the next group. And then now there are these enormous radio uh, cooperatives or uh, whatever they are. I know, you, for, like iHeart, tell me, like the company you work for now, tell me the size and scope of iHeart Radio. I believe it's 850 stations now. The company's based out of San Antonio,
0: and there are other large chains as well, so it's not like it's the only one. Um, but, uh, you know, I've actually been through eight ownership changes in my career in Jackson. That, wow. That, that, those stations have changed hands eight eight times, I think. So when
1: you first got here, they were owned by Lamar Life? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then sold to?
0: Um, Key Market, I believe, was the first uh, large company. And it sold to a larger company and on down, you know, just like uh, big fish eating the small fish. So.
1: Mm-hmm. You worked with Marshall McGee somewhere yes, along the way. Yes, he was line? my
0: general manager for a number of years. Bob O'Brien? I don't think Bob was ever part of our company. He's okay. not
1: while, while I was there. Different, different organization. So... W- you made the evolution from DJ to news, but, but really you've done both almost your entire career, right? Well, yeah. I mean, and what I've, I've tried to do is, um, you know,
0: incorporate maybe some of the, um, the music aspects into some of the news, you know, covering stories with some new, using music as part of the, the news story, especially in recent years where I've tried to do, um, uh, some feature stories, uh, longer stories. And I, typically do during a, a normal newscast and, you know, incorporate music into that and try to use some of the lessons I learned as a DJ as to, you know, the best way to incorporate uh, music into a, a news story and make and add to the story, you know, so it, uh, it, it's, it helped being a DJ at one point mm-hmm. doing News Now.
1: <clears throat> so you are the current news director at, at the Jackson iHeart. How many stations are in that Jackson network? Well, again, we have uh, we have stations. We have five
0: stations in Jackson. Yeah, that's one of them. You know, in different form, four of them are FM stations, full power FM stations, and the one AM. We actually had a sixth station, another AM, at one point, but that one part of one of the one of the towers fell down and it wasn't uh, cost effective to repair it so that one was just signed off the air. It was the old 1590 frequency you might remember hmm. from the old days in the 60s it was a rock and roll station as well. Huh. But um, yeah we've got uh, we've got a uh, Miss 103s we've talked about the country station we've got an an oldie station we've got a uh, classic rock with you know and then we've got a, a gospel station. All of those are FM stations, plus the uh, talk format on the AM now, which, you know, most AM stations have gone into talk, although there are some that still have say, some niche formats of oldies or some other sort of... Um,
1: especially music programming and you're the program director for the for the the am AM, right yeah which means what what does a program director just make sure the station stays on the air is
0: running properly and everything's scheduled the way it's supposed to be i mean you there's you know certain programs that have to be added to the regular mix we carry some play-by-play programming and you know you have to make sure that it comes on at the right time you put the right commuter computer command in to turn on the sports network and turn it off when the game's over and you know, it's one thing like after another like that.
1: So, how much of, of the the AM JDX that you are the program director for? How much is uh, live like programs that you might? We have a
0: we have a three hour morning to, uh, sports show, uh-huh. sports talk show. Other than that, it's
1: it's all network programming, every bit of it. Yeah. Now, on the news piece, uh, your news director for a number of stations, is it the same uh, recorded news? For that each one of them plays, or do you go around and do five separate uh, reads, or whatever it's called? There was a time when each each station got a, a separate
0: customized newscast, but mm-hmm. because now I'm doing so many other markets, uh, I've had to cut back um, to some degree. Uh, like, but there are still some some markets that get their own customized news, like uh, Hattiesburg market, for example, the Mobile market. Uh, the Biloxi market, obviously, what what's of interest to them is not necessarily what's of interest to an audience in Jackson. There are a lot of uh, local stories that they want to know about that, uh, and you know, it would not be of interest in the Jackson market. Now,
1: where does where does that information come from? Do you have to re- go search like Hattiesburg News, Biloxi News, sure, Jackson News? that and of course a lot from? of
0: a lot of a lot of information you know comes from different sources. I'm on a lot of uh, email lists for news releases, but then you know when you hear about things you make calls and and uh, you know with the recent bad weather uh, mm-hmm. the, the tornadoes hit the uh, the pine belt pretty hard down there and I was on the phone to the local emergency managers getting information from them you know just like it was here in the local area where we had the uh, the storm out in
1: Edwards as well but you choose what the news stories will be yeah, each absolutely. day. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're the news director. Right. <clears throat> and do you have much of a staff anymore, or are you kind of No, in?
0: it's just me. It's been me for la- the last 25 years, I guess.
1: 25 years? Yeah, of doing it all. Maybe
0: 20. I don't know. So you get up every morning. I get up every morning at 1.30. 1.30, and you begin to search. Uh, yeah, I get to work about 2, and um, yeah, I've got to go through a lot of sources to see what's happening in all these different markets. And then... Start putting it all together. You know, what time do you begin record, or do you record? Yeah, it it's it's piece? recorded. A lot of it's 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 almost like it's live because if if you watch me, I'll get it done maybe two minutes before it hits the air. <laughs> uh, but it's just simpler to, to record it in one setting than to actually go into these various control rooms and try to do it live. And, and how long are your are, is the news? It it depends on the uh, on the station, but uh, we it's most newscasts now are running about two minutes. So okay. not much you know so some not, run
1: a little longer some shorter yeah, so we you have, have, to we do have different versions you know
0: so oh, you, you may versions. have you may have one that runs at the top of the hour that's longer and then maybe a shorter version that runs on a half hour it, at least it's it's made available for stations that want to run them you know
1: at two times an hour if they want to they yeah. have two different newscasts. My guest today is Randy Bell. He's a longtime radio man here in the Jackson market. Grew up in Vernon, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Crossed over to go to Mississippi State and from Starkville he came to Jackson and I suppose you could say the rest is history. You've been here ever since.
0: Uh, yeah, I've had some opportunities to, to go to other markets uh, but it just, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't really what I wanted to do and uh, after, after a certain point you put down roots and you feel comfortable here and They've seen fit to keep me on after through eight ownership changes and
1: wow, you may be the only person that has survived uh, through all those ownership changes. Yeah. Are there other people that you work with who've stayed through some of that? Um, no one has been there as long as
0: I have. We've had we've got uh, most of our staff that we have at, at our group have been there for 20 plus years but uh, you know uh, up against my 45 that sounds like wow. you know newbies
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you you worked at here uh, at Mississippi Public Broadcasting did, yeah. for a
0: while right i've done a couple of things out here actually three things on the radio side for for a while before uh, MPB had a had a larger news staff. I did some feature stories for them. It's just something they needed some uh, an extra person to do, and and I would I would provide uh, usually once a month or so, um, uh, four minute feature to run on on the radio side, and then for about I guess it's about ten years, um, I hosted Quorum, the uh, live one hour legislative talk show right. where we had uh, legislative leaders committee chairman would come out and we would go for one hour nonstop live with no delay and which always scared the heck out of me but we never in my time we never had a an obscene episode that uh, we've had some a few crank callers, I guess, over the years, but no, nothing bad ever got on the air. Only thing I could, I remember, my IFB went out one night, and uh, and I was trying to give a motion like I can't hear anything, and uh, they and I, I remember someone crawling up behind me, and and changing the battery on my on my unit there, and kept it going there. So, yeah. Corwin, was it a TV show or a radio show? This was a TV show. A so, you're TV. live TV. Yeah. yeah, I was, you know. So, you had always been a radio man. That that was new to me doing TV. You know, getting getting the makeup on and that uh, that was uh, a little uncomfortable. But uh, and it was another. I filled in on another show here called Statewide Live. It was a topical weekly thirty minute show, and sometimes the regular host would need to be off, and I would fill in. And that that's where I almost uh, probably uh, earned a spot on uh, some kind of. Uh, uh gaff tape i guess i almost passed out on live tv <laughs> i had a i had a headache and it was i could feel i was you know getting a little woozy and uh and i was uh Fortunately, the guests I had on were into this debate among themselves. They were oblivious to me. You could have just yeah, fallen right I, out of the chair. But I remember the producer in my ear saying, "You need to get on this conversation. You know, not not let them talk on there." I'm thinking I'm just about to become unconscious on live TV here. And fortunately, it it passed, and I was able to jump back in the conversation. And the producer said later, "Yeah, I noticed you were sweating a lot. <laughs> but I almost made uh, made the uh,
1: Christmas reel, I guess." Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Malcolm White. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. For access to more conversations with creative Mississippians, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. Malcolm White here on this Sunday afternoon with my special guest, Mr. Randy Bell. Welcome back, Randy. All right. I've referred it's been fun. To, well, good. We're, we're not done either. I've referred mostly to you during this uh, conversation as a radio man, but as we were concluding the last segment, you were talking about doing quite a bit of TV. Yeah, out here at, uh, at uh, was I guess it was ETV back in those days, so
0: but uh, did like I said, did the quorum show, the legislative call in a uh, that uh, half hour show, and and also done some stuff on the radio side, hosting um, election coverage a few times, and the state of the state did mm-hmm. that uh,
1: live from the Capitol.
0: Yeah, live from the broom uh, closet on one occasion. <laughs> we that <laughs> they
1: was
0: they the, best in the of, closet? Yeah, it was pretty much that. Yeah, we, our accommodations that night, that's the only place they could accommodate us, and. Uh, It was kind of cozy in there for that broadcast. Do you remember remember. who the governor was and who was Uh, delivering the state of the state in the broom closet? I'm not sure. That would have been back. uh, Fordyce? Might have been during the Mm Fordyce era. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've actually, I have to think back on governors. I've covered news since Bill Waller.
1: Okay. So 1972 ish. Yeah, yeah uh,
0: I, I came when I was working in Startwell. I remember coming to Jackson for the first time, and and it was to do an interview with with Bill Waller. He had a a weekly show, uh, something like a conversation with the governor, something like that. A 15 minute show. He'd bring in a, a news person from around the state, and they would sit down and talk issues for 15 minutes, and then they would send the tape out to all the radio stations, and they could run it as a public affairs show if they wanted to. Huh. It was okay. good PR for the governor, too, and uh, that, was, that was my first, uh, first episode coming
1: down here. So you got started very early in high school uh, when you were growing up in Vernon, Alabama. Um, did you ever consciously think about a radio voice? I mean, was that a thing where when you went on the air, you were supposed to have this grandiose? Yeah, well, we were always told, we, you know, you had to get rid of the southern accent, Um,
0: and you went for that Midwest accent. That was what we were supposed to aspire to. I didn't really know what it sounded like. So I can go back to some of my early tapes, even here here in Jackson, and and it's a different sound. I mean, I just try to talk, Mm -hmm. um, but uh, more conversational than I used to be in the old days. Um, More natural, I hope, but... uh, It, uh, you know, and I don't know about changing the voice so much, but I remember changing names. You know, that was back. That was a
1: big deal in radio. Yeah, it
0: was. Air names were were a big thing back then. I I used my very first one. I used in in Startwell on one of the stations. There was Tom Scott. Tom Scott. And don't ask me how I came up with that name. I don't know. It just sounded okay. You just it it didn't really. If you had a an unusual name, you wanted to have uh, a name that tripped off the tongue more easily. But even if you did have a good name to start with, you just wanted maybe for that anonymity Uh to have, uh, you know, a pseudonym to go by on the radio. Uh, And that was my first one. And again, I picked it and just used it. And then I went to the, the other station in town. And they assigned me a name. Hmm. And that was because they had a, a jingle package already produced, you know, where they where the names were set to music. Right. And they only had one name left. They, they'd gone through the package. And who and were you then? I was Larry London.
1: Larry London. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any others?
0: Uh, those were the only two. Once I got to Jackson, uh, they said, no, just keep your real name and—
1: Huh. Kevin, so. did you have uh, pseudonyms ever in your career? He's shaking his head. But no, I, he's always of, been Ke- Kevin Farrell.
0: Yeah, a lot of the people I've worked with have, uh, you know, have used uh, air names for whatever reason. There was one guy I worked with. He had, he kind of mixed up uh, or interchanged first names and last names, and uh, you know, used he'd use. Something is his first name in this on this job, and then the next job it'd be his last name, and it, sort of a combination of about four or five names he
1: mixed and matched huh. over the course of his career. Uh, because I know Marshall McGee r- relatively well, it seems like he was something Marshall when he was a DJ. You know, I'm not sure, I don't
0: remember back uh, Marshall's his DJ
1: days. Yeah.
0: Uh, Scott, Mar- not Scott, but something Marshall. It may have been. You know, and, and speaking of our um, our um, company, iHeart, you know Bob Pittman. Yeah. Uh, Who's the CEO. He actually worked in
1: Jackson at our stations back when he was, I think, at, uh, was it Millsaps? I think he went to Millsaps. I think that's right. And his brother, Tom, runs the Community Foundation up in northwest Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you ever interact with him? Uh, I haven't. You know, um, that's a little
0: above my pay grade there. Uh, But he's, uh, you know, uh, he, uh, you know, he did a lot of other stuff. Uh, uh, MTV. I mean, right. he's, he did, he's well known. He was Mr. He, MTV. Absolutely. So he he's, he's done rather well. But he got his. I guess he got his start in the business.
1: It's uh, at, the, at our station there back in the day. So, so he is the CEO of iHeart or something like yeah, that. Yeah. President, CEO. Yeah. Um. So, nowadays, do you work in a studio very similar to the one that we're seated in now? Is this kind of the type of facilities it that still you guys is? Uh, you know. But uh, the thing now with technology,
0: you can do so much. Uh, of your work, it it at, at a minimalist setting. You know, mm-hmm. I can do a lot of work from home. In the old days, when you know the weather was getting bad and and uh, you know, like we might have some severe stuff, I would have to drive into the station and 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 be there for the duration. Now, if it's not a particularly uh, bad situation, I can do a lot of those reports from home. Um, and uh, you know, if it's bad enough, I'll still come in. Like like recently, that uh, Monday morning tornado episode. Right. Uh, it was happening so fast, it, it just needed to be uh, done from from the studio. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things you can do um, it, with the technology these days that you couldn't do before. So that's that's been helpful in terms of uh, getting the job done without having to
1: burn up so many uh, miles on the automobile. And what sort of equipment do you use nowadays? I see you at, at, at news press events, sometimes mine and sometimes others, and you have a little small recorder. Yeah, it's a you... digital
0: recorder, uh-huh. and that's, uh, and there are all kinds of, a lot of stuff, uh, and I've done some uh, stories that have won national awards using the audio from my phone, hmm. just the uh, the built-in uh, microfo- microphone system on the phone. So, you know, the technology is so great these days that you can... Uh, you don't have to really pack a big like back in the old days. We had a big bag of stuff with a with a tape recorder, you know, a cassette oh, yeah. recorder that was probably, uh, you know, three feet wide, and a big mic hook up t- hooked up to it with a, and a you know you you'd, you'd be carrying around twenty pounds of equipment. And now I've got it in my back pocket,
1: really. All right. Earlier, when we were talking off the air, you were telling me about a, uh, a basketball team that you played on. I guess back in those days, you, you played on the ZZQ.
0: Yeah, we had a we had a team. Uh, it was you know a promotional thing that uh, when I first came there, it would they would go around to schools around the state and 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 do fundraisers. You know. Um, play the uh, usually the, the the teachers and the coaches you know a little, mm-hmm. little pickup game and and the kids would come and pay and they'd raise some money for the school and we'd have fun but uh, I think at one point though our team started using a bunch of ringers <laughs> you know and uh, they they wound up as I, I remember they they wound up beating some of these uh, school teams pretty badly so the year I joined uh, we had we'd changed the the, uh, the concept and we had mostly just uh, employees playing Basketball, and I think we had one or two ringers that still played. But we went to some of these same schools that we'd beaten so badly with that other team, and Revenge. they had loaded up for us. I remember; I think it was Taylorsville. I'm not sure that had, that ran in a former NBA star on the team <laughs> and beat us probably about 150 to yeah. 50. Right? They're
1: going to show you radio guys yeah.
0: how to play basketball. <laughs> so we 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 uh, we. We, uh, we paid the price that second year going around to some of these same places. So, I
1: guess this was a local version of sort of the Harlem Globetrotters, where a celebrity yeah. team would come in, play the locals, raise money for some event. Yeah, that
0: was, that was a concept, you yeah. know. And we had a good time traveling around, meeting folks and all. And They a... usually put a big spread on for us, you know, oh, in, the, okay. in the school library. That was good, too.
1: Uh, when I was a kid, there was this phenomenon that came to the schools called donkey basketball, mm. believe it or not, where they would put donkeys out on the basketball court, and people would ride them and play against it. It was the weirdest thing. I
0: can imagine. I've heard of it, but I've never
1: actually seen it. Well, Mm -hmm. I have actually witnessed donkey (laughs) basketball. Tell me about some of the the, uh, ridiculous and outrageous sort of uh, PR stunts that radio has done over the years to attract attention to itself. Uh, Well, I know...
0: I, let me tell you this story. It's okay. not really a, pr- a promotional thing. Uh, it, it's a, a story involving uh, Thad Cochran. Okay. And we had a guy at our at our station who did uh, who did who, voices, and he did. He had a perfect impersonation of Senator John Stennis back when oh. he was still a senator. All right. And Kurt, Kurt Kilpatrick, you may have heard. of Yeah, I remember him. Kurt. So uh, I was on the phone doing a news interview with Thad Cochran one day when he was still a congressman, and um, Kurt comes in and says, "Look." Is that Thad? Yeah. Let me talk to him when you finish. So anyway, I finished the news interview with Thad, and and Kurt picks up the phone and starts doing his Stennis impersonation to Thad, like, Hey Thad, how you doing? And, and and Cochran goes, Well, hey Senator, I thought you were up here on the Hill. And they carried on this ten minute conversation with with Kurt doing John Stennis, and finally let him in on the gag. Of course, Thad laughed it off, you know. But uh,
1: <laughs> did you ever have to do any of those gag voices? Or... No, I uh,
0: I didn't. You been uh, able to
1: play the straight man. Yeah, i be the straight right?
0: man. Yeah, yeah. Kurt uh, smoked these big black cigars in the news booth, and, and he would finish with his bits, and I'd go in for the newscast and open <laughs> the window and let the uh, let the smoke out. Uh, what's the strangest uh, call you ever got on the
1: radio? From, a, from... I
0: hung up on uh, – uh, oh, Jimmy Carter hung up on me one time. Really? Yeah, he was running for president. Right. This tells you how long ago that was. He was running for president, and uh, he, he'd given me, I think, Five minutes, you know, he was doing a, a press tour, a phone tour, and I kept asking question, question. He, he finally said, "I gotta go." Click. <laughs> and then I, uh, Garth Brooks called. Yeah. He was opening for somebody. Oh, dear, this is during Miss One Hundred Three days. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Uh, he was opening for somebody in the early days of Miss One Hundred Three. He was opening for some act at the Coliseum, I think, as I remember. And he calls up and he says, this is Garth Brooks. And, of course, I never heard of him. And I, I call up the guys in the studio Says, some guy named Garth Brooks is on the, on the phone wants an interview. So you know, <laughs> I should have been
1: nicer, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, he'll remember you yeah. uh, forever. Hi, I'm Malcolm White. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. For access to more conversations with creative Mississippians, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, "Eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast
0: everywhere.